Hello and welcome to the Book of Lee's podcast. My name is Cara Kearney and I am the host. Welcome back to Book of Leaves. I am recording this little intro and outro from my garden today, catching the last of the sun, which you will see if you're watching this on YouTube. But thank you so much for tuning in. And this week I'm going to be chatting to Amy O'Brien, who is an activist extraordinaire with the CV as long as my arm. Can't wait for you to listen to this one. And if you're new to this podcast, you're very welcome. This is a podcast where I interview people in Ireland or with a connection to Ireland who are doing anything for the planet at all and we take a leaf from their book to add to our own. I love getting to know people as well, getting them to share their stories and their journeys, so that's what you'll find here. And I myself am not a professional. I am not... Um, a bro- <laughs> what am I, Cara? I'm an actor, that's what I am. But I'm just very passionate about the environment and about climate justice and whatnot, so this is a very enjoyable passion project of mine. So thanks for being here. And before I get into this interview, I do want to plug my first live event. Sorry, live event? Did you hear that? Live event, guys. (laughs) As part of the Climate Arts um, Future Limerick Festival that's happening in Limerick this week. So if you're listening in the future, just bear with me for 60 seconds. But this Wednesday, the 18th of May, I am going to be interviewing Mancon McGann and Saoirse Exon, who I actually had on the podcast before. But I'll be interviewing those two together to talk about the talk is titled Sustainability, The Next Generation. But we're going to cover loads of stuff from mental health to their suggestions and their experiences and that's going to be really interesting coming from two completely different activists Saoirse Exxon still being in school and Mancon having seen most of the world his interviews with Blind Boy are just amazing the stories he has to share so I'm really looking forward to this event if you are able to make it to Limerick this Wednesday please do It'd be great to see you there it's a half eight and I have linked the tickets everywhere so in the show notes here on my website and on my instagram socials so absolutely would look on my instagram socials all my socials and yeah it'd be great to see some of you guys there and if any of you listen to the podcast sure come up after or before if you see me and say so it'd be great to meet some of you and there's loads of events happening as part of that so definitely check out futurelimerick.ie and don't forget to tune into the climate alarm clock podcast as well that's still ongoing the news on that is still really, really useful because I check out a lot of the time of reading other news sites because it can be quite doom scrolling, as we'll talk about a little bit in this podcast interview. But yeah, so don't forget to keep listening to that. And yes, hopefully I will see some of you in Limerick. Now, I will let Amy do the rest of the talking. Don't forget, if you like this podcast, don't forget to recommend it to a friend. Please share it around. If you're on Apple Podcasts, rate, review it. And of course, if you're able to contribute financially in any way to support the podcast, either once off or um, monthly I do have a Patreon account patreon.com forward slash book of leaves or buymeacoffee.com forward slash book of leaves where you can donate once off and everything goes back into the podcast hosting fees and the recording uh, software and whatnot so it'll be greatly appreciated and thank you so much to the people who continue to support you know who you are okay I'm gonna say goodbye from my garden and let you listen to Amy right now and I'll talk to you very quickly at the end
Amy, thank you so much for joining me for the Book of Lee's podcast. It is a pleasure to have you here because I also listen to your podcast. So as we were saying before, this is a bit surreal <laughs> when you're talking to someone whose voice you know so well. But thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Can you start by introducing yourself to listeners who may not know you or anything that you do? I know you're you're fingering a lot of pies. So if you could let <laughs> yeah. us know a little bit about yourself, where you're from and what kind of stuff you'd be doing. Of course. So my name is Amy O'Brien and I'm a climate justice activist. I'm 16 and I use she, her pronouns. And then kind of what I do. Um, so I'm the national representative of Cork County, Coilinogue. So Coilinogue are like the youth councils all across Ireland. My Cork County one, which is where I'm from, I like represent them at the national kind of stage, which is Coilinogue. So I'm also the host of the Sustainable Sleepover Club podcast. Kind of the idea behind the podcast is that there's six of us and the YMCA hugely facilitated. And we're just kind of having chats about sustainability, um, climate justice, gender equality and linking all those things together. The whole idea is that we're not perfect. You're learning alongside us um, and we get to interview guests and just kind of just all grow and learn together. I'm a writer with Spun Out, which is Ireland's youth information website. I do book reviews and uh, at the moment I'm doing a Leaving Cert mini series, chatting to like six year students about this year's Leaving Cert and kind of the decisions around it um, with my local paper. Um, I'm on the youth advisory panel for the Ombudsman for Children an organiser with Fridays for Future and just other bits and bobs. Other bits and bobs. You have like (laughs) a CV as long as mine is now and I'm like over 10 10 years older than you. You're doing so much. It's amazing. (laughs) And yeah, well, absolutely. We'll talk a little bit about your podcast later on. I love it so, so much. And um, hopefully some listeners who haven't heard it will go check it out. But you are clearly an activist. You have been an environmental activist activist and a social justice activist so was there something that triggered this activism within you or a time when you learned of kind of the way the world is or the way it's going that you began to kind of get involved with these things? Yeah so I think for me um, it wasn't like one moment but I think there are some things that stand out so like when I was younger like right from when I was I'd say five or six my granddad always would have like showed me how to plant in the garden and we grow potatoes and carrots and we still do that and like my nan we'd go blackberry picking and I think like all those things just embedded kind of like this respect for nature but also something that I think is missing from a lot of people now is understanding what nature does for us you know where our food comes from and um, so I think that was really important it's kind of like intergenerational knowledge as we see with like indigenous communities sometimes we undervalue that especially now with the education system and rote learning but actually that way of learning is so important as well and I think that connection with nature really kind of it did instill some like level of a passion and when I started learning about more about climate change and I think I learned more about that then in kind of green schools the initiative in mainly primary school and to kind of you know turn off the tap and like turn off the lights and all these initiatives yeah and I was learning about climate change but it was very much so like oh the poor polar bears and (laughs) they're so it's so far away in my head so I think I cared about it but I wasn't too educated on it either but at the same time when I was younger I loved reading um, and I read a lot of feminist books so again I think there's that level of like social justice was kind of and what kind of feminist books would you be reading yeah. when you were young like that yeah, other so young remember, people could read 
I remember I adored um, Malala's book. I can't completely remember the title of it, but I thought that was like really just very empowering. There was one um, feminist don't wear pink and other lies and that's by Scarlett Curtis um so just kind of trying to hear different perspectives on feminism and stuff but at the time I just didn't know very much and just wanted to read more I think um yeah and then like I think this is completely where it kind of really starts for me um the future generations project so to explain it um I'm still trying to get around my head what the project was but it was an NYCI consortium so NYCI is the National Youth Council of Ireland and they um, had funding to do this really cool project. Um, they had youth organisations from all over Ireland, so Mochrana Firma, you know, Young Farmers, Sphere 17, SWAN and YMCA. Um, and six of us were representing the YMCA and we were this little group and there was kind of six within each of the other groups. And then it was a climate justice project called Future Generations and I went into that not knowing what climate justice meant at all. Um, wow. I'd say this was second year. Okay, yeah. so you would have been about 14 or so. Yeah, for, about yeah, that. Yeah. And like we went in and you kind of talk in your own groups and then you come together with all the other groups and hear their perspective as well. But it was really just like, it was from September to December just to chat about climate justice and link together different issues. So one that really stood out to me that was very simple but made me go, okay, well, we can't separate like social justice from, you know, environmental issues was bins. So like, something we hear all the time is to recycle more like tell in in terms of a consumer way of doing something is to recycle more and I I was like you know that's something we're all told to do um Mm -hmm. and then people were saying but there's not enough bins in town and someone else was saying well the reason they take away the bins is because people bring their local like their own household rubbish to the bins and then someone else was saying well if you can't afford bins then of course you're going to go to the free bins and we were saying well who can't afford bins? Is it people, you know, it's people in poverty, it's people of colour, it's, you know, single mothers and things like this. So for the council to take away bins, there's a root cause that has to be tackled there. And obviously that would in turn hugely impact, like, how we respect the environment um, and climate change. So I think that was like a tiny little example, like recycling um, and local bins, but it just kind of illustrated that for me. And then from there, that ended in December and my little group of six were not happy and we, were, we wanted to continue and we felt we had a lot more to learn and we also wanted to share our conversations, just linking these things together and being like, we really don't know everything, um, but we want to learn and we want to hear from other people's perspectives because, you know, we only know our experience and we wanted to share that with other people. So we started the Sustainable Sleepover Club podcast and then Amazing. I just joined a load of other groups. <laughs> and then you just, you were like, this isn't enough I need more that's amazing (laughs) the podcast is so so cool so for anyone who might not have listened to it like as you said it's based around the sustainable development goals which is a way you know that the United Nations is it the UN have set set those up haven't they yeah Yeah, and there's like there's about 19 of them I'm like being schooled by you now I did learn yeah, this 17 I think 17 thank you for that correction 17. so there's 17 <laughs> of them and they all they talk about things like you know everything has to work towards either um gender equality or tackling poverty tackling climate action you know there's there's basically a goal for so many different things 
and you guys interview people um you interview people and then afterwards you have like a little chat um a little sleepover section and I actually love it and it brings me back to my teenagers when you're all like yeah. giggling and laughing about something and I'm like cycling home laughing <laughs> witches it's just so enjoyable <laughs> it's really oh, really enjoyable definitely. and it's I've learned so much from the various people that you've had on it yeah. um and then Teresa Rose Sebastian was on this podcast and she she's been on it um as well um another yeah legend uh, of an activist but yeah have have you is there anything else that listeners should know about the podcast yeah so I think the whole idea the reason I suppose we initially kind of picked the sustainable development goals to to kind of I suppose encompass everything was that like climate justice is such a broad thing it's about putting people at the front of any conversations about climate change not just the science um and I think like that is our knowledge of that is constantly under like expanding as well um, and I think the sustainable development goals for us were really important because you could have something like you know gender equality quality education and climate change and they're all separate goals that you can discuss and maybe have a guest on about but there is no there is no way you can separate all the 17 goals. And um, one time, like, we tried to do an exercise, like, off recording, just kind of as we were preparing and to try and rank the goals, like, of imp- in order of importance. And we were like, well, you actually can't because they all are so interlinked. Um, and I think that is the reason that we kind of use sustainable development goals. And we don't even talk about them by name that much, but it's there in everything, in all of our podcasts, because none of our guests talk about one goal they talk about them all and I think that's why they're such a good kind of grounding um for the podcast but yeah we interview amazing guests and I'm so glad I get to chat to them but the sleepover idea was just that we we didn't want to take away this idea that we were having these conversations that were so casual we were all just friends and really just trying to explore this we didn't want to take that away so we thought other people needed that and that's kind of where the sleepover came from so there is like lots of fun lots of giggles and lots to talk about like biscuits and movies and things but also all the serious stuff yeah have you got any kind of standout moments from the podcast or interviews that you would like encourage people to you know mm. definitely check out that one or start with that one. I mean they should start with episode one in yeah. my opinion but any yeah. standout <laughs> moments for you I think I've definitely learned different things from the different guests but one that stood out within the group from not just myself but like um everyone in the group was our interview I think it was episode four with Mitzi Janelle Tan so she is a climate justice activist in the Philippines she talked a lot about how she is MAPA so that means most affected people in areas so she is experiencing climate change and the climate crisis like she's one of those areas experiencing it the most right now so she was talking about the typhoons and being scared of those coming in her doors but also because of the context of her country she is an environmental activist and in her country that would be seen as terrorism people knocking on her door with guns and like the military and you know the police Um, and I think that for us that interview because before that we talked about we'd really talked to people within Ireland um, and people that we kind of had chatted to before we knew so I think stood out as this very different experience to ours and I think we learned so much 
in that interview about the importance of listening to other experiences because we can talk about the climate science all we like here in Ireland but if we don't connect that to what's already happening in countries previously colonised then we're leaving out a huge chunk of the conversation and I think since then it's nearly improved all of our other interviews because we've had this real perspective of listening to other people and actively listening and trying to understand their perspective and kind of lending them a bit of compassion. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. That interview did like floor me because, Mm. you know, we can talk here about how we recycle and, you know, so many campaigns that happen in Ireland which are really needed. But if we don't occasionally, um, well, frequently really listen to Mm. experiences of people in, in regards to everything, not just climate change, but any kind of social issues or even just like for sharing culture and everything, it's just a much Mm. better way to be. Yeah, I remember that episode. That's so good. And that, that, yeah, that's just, it's really powerful. And actually, what you mentioned there about listening to other perspectives, you had a really good suggestion for the Climate Alarm Clock podcast, which was about that listening to other people. Um, so I like, I think this will be out after that. So hello, Climate Alarm Clock <laughs> listeners who are here for Amy. Um, but yeah, I guess to just kind of briefly go over that again, like your suggestion for people is to listen more if you want to like... Yeah. Shed a bit more light if anyone hasn't listened to the episode. Yeah. So in, to be honest, all of our episodes, we talk about listening. And I think something that is really important is that, and it's the idea of a podcast really, is that you're listening to someone else. Um, And I think what's so important is that we don't just listen to respond or to retaliate and kind of defend our point of view. Because I think that will like keep us stunted and stop us from ever growing and changing our mind but that we listen to actually understand other people's perspectives, other people's experiences, because say I am of course I have the experience of being a girl but I have experience of being a girl in Ireland and with an awful lot of privilege as well because I don't you know I'm not coloured I able-bodied there's so many different reasons I'm you know I'm not a trans woman and so coming up say on International Women's Day I can't just take the experience of like being a woman as being my experience and that's the same with anything like climate change and I think the reason that listening is so important because if we listen to other people and their experiences of you know say something like racism or homophobia then we can connect all these different issues like patriarchy like colonization and we can start to like break them down because what we're doing is we're lending each other a bit of empathy and compassion and that's goes against all of these systems um and I think that listening is so important because you just you it's the only way to grow um so I would say when you are listening whether it's a podcast or just a friend or a casual chat whatever it is don't listen just to immediately bring up like your point of view or to retaliate listen to understand and listen to change your mind because it's completely fine to make a mistake and not to be perfect and not to be completely moral I think it's the fact that when you are kind of called out or when you do make a mistake that you acknowledge that and you're happy to grow from that it's the people who aren't willing to admit that they've made a mistake that's where the problem lies definitely and the the kind of defensiveness 
I've had conversations where I'll just be in the room and people are like, oh, you're the vegan. And I'm like, oh, God, okay, <laughs> like, you know, bringing something up. Um, I'm like, I didn't do anything. I'm just here. But absolutely, I think that's so, so important. And the way you've put it, it's just like, obviously, that makes sense. Like, why wouldn't we listen to other people, like, actively listen and share compassion and empathy? And then if we make a mistake, like, it's not the end of the world. The best thing is to go, yeah. sorry made that mistake acknowledge it and move on and learn how to be better I mean sure look when I started this podcast I was still buying fast fashion you know we all do things and obviously it's not an all or one approach some people have to they've got money issues or whatever but we're all growing and we're all learning so yeah that is so so important so thank you for sharing that leaf for people to add to their own book (laughs) um and I guess sticking with like the big questions what do you think like needs to happen to solve the climate crisis on an individual level but also on a systemic level that's huge we could be here for hours but I guess a little bit yeah yeah so I think like there are loads of kind of very, I suppose, practical step solutions. And I think that a lot of, you know, Indigenous people, people who are most affected kind of have those solutions. And that's why I also think listening is so important because we can literally just listen to what their solutions are and implement them here. And um, because we have the resources, you know, we have the finance to do that. So I think that's why listening is so, passion- so important. And in the same way, I would say at an individual level, I think compassion, I think you know at the root of issues like patriarchy colonization capitalism you know these systems have led to this crisis of a lack of empathy um of apathy a lack of community and being the climate crisis that is being you know the cause of all these inequalities like colorism ableism racism gender inequality heteronormativity so on um, and I do think that if we all actively had a little bit more compassion um, in our hearts and I think that can take practicing like that can take we all I think many people listening will say yeah I'm a good person I'm a kind person but really having compassion for other people not just your friends not just your family people you don't even know um, I think that does or take a little bit of practice. people who think differently to you as well like that Absolutely, can be hard. Yeah. yeah and I think you know if we have that extra bit of compassion we couldn't possibly um continue exploiting the world as we are and exploiting other people and do nothing so i think a little compassion would you know radically change everything because it would be that kind of start that emotion that kicks us all into climate activism and a more sustainable way of living it sounds so simple in a way but like it really is missing from so many places and so many systems that are wrong or oppressing people or governments or war like it's all missing compassion and like greed comes in and yeah it's really sad but then it's just it's so it's almost too simple that humans can't believe it and they're like ah that'll never work I'm just gonna keep going this way and it's like no it's actually way nicer here like literal butterflies flying around like come on be be compassionate it's so lovely Um, come over yeah come on over to the bright side um but of course you've talked a lot about you know listening to other people's experiences but you are also um a young woman and you're a like a brilliant activist but some people as he said get kind of triggered sometimes or (laughs) don't really like that you know there's a lot of people who have a dislike to Greta Thunberg for example um but have you ever experienced any kind of 
I don't know, teachers or anyone just kind of treating you differently or talking down to you because of your activism, either because you're young or a female. So I think, to be honest, there's kind of layers to it. Like, I think in many spaces, I'm definitely, like, very respected and, you know, that's amazing. And I think I'm lucky that that's the case. But I have had cases, like, where, because I think because I'm, like, a woman and, you know, seen as female, um, I think that sometimes some things I say can be seen as idealistical. And maybe that is something that, you know, other genders face as well. But I think it's a way of going, well, that's kind of a utopian idea. Um, and that's kind of very idealistical. Think of like this better world and that we can fight climate change. But I think it's the bare minimum um, to, you know, think that everyone's survival should be possible. I think people don't sometimes realize what they're saying. But I think that kind of idea, yeah, that it's kind of this fairyland dream way of thinking is sometimes just a way to make like to take down what I'm saying and to make it sound less serious than it is and I do find that and I think that's more to do with my gender than anything um but I also think that being quite young people kind of dismiss what we're saying sometimes as being you know radical and oh you'll grow out of it and then the other layer is that like things that the government and things like that are making we can't vote as young people under as I'm 16 um I can't vote and that is a huge way to have your voice heard and the government we don't have that tool and sometimes the government just doesn't listen um and it's not just government it is you know adults just other adults I wouldn't say teachers too much in my school to be honest which I'm very lucky but definitely some um but just older people thinking that because we're young people, we haven't experienced the world. But I think when issues impact young people, when what we're saying, your decisions that adults are making impacts young people, then of course that's our experience as a young person is entirely valuable and should be brought to that um, conversation and brought into that decision making, no matter like how serious the decision is, whether it's you know governmental or it's just in your everyday life. I think, yes, we mightn't have had the years of experience, but we have our experience of navigating the world now. That's so true. And younger people often have like this untainted compassion as well. And just like a common sense that I think some older people lack because they're so um, they're in the system. You know, you know, you can't kind of see any other way, whereas you like young people are like it doesn't have to be this way what are you talking about (laughs) um so we can do it differently (laughs) we can absolutely do it differently definitely um (laughs) it is unfortunate though that Saoirse Saoirse Exton was on the podcast before as well and she was saying how like to the government you know we mean very little because we don't pay tax and we can't vote I was like oh my god that's so true but obviously they just don't listen you know it's like how Dublin holds so much clout compared to like counties in the like more regional counties it's like it's not that's not fair you know yeah that is unfortunate but I'm also unfortunately not surprised but hopefully it is getting better and do you would you protest on Fridays with Fridays for Future much in your school? Yeah so I don't like strike weekly but then for the global strikes I would strike for them and my school are really really supportive and then 
for me but just because of where I am like I'm quite rural um, and the weekly strikes I do think are more accessible to people in cities I'm involved with Fridays for Future daily but just kind of online and through Zoom calls and organising that way um, and organising towards the global strikes um, so I think everyone's way of striking or activism can look different um, I think that's one example but I do think my school are really supportive of anything even the National Youth Assembly was yesterday and like they never mind me going to any of that kind of stuff and um, which good. is great because I know yeah. that's that's not the case for everyone that's really good and what was happening at the National Youth Assembly is that a secondary school thing or is it all young people of Ireland yeah, yeah so that would be amazing but the <laughs> National Youth Assembly is so the government do have like an entitlement to you know, represent young people's voices. And on the issue of climate change, they set up the National Youth Assembly, which is 30 young people. I think it was 30, could have been 50. It's quite small, though, if you think of all the young people in Ireland. Yeah, and that was a one-day National Youth Assembly, and that was yesterday. So Eamon Ryan, Roger Gorman were part of that and in fairness there was a lot of note taking but then we had to combine all of the brilliant solutions that I learned loads from the other young people you know rural island Dublin bring all of those solutions and make one recommendation to the government in each group and I, I can't I don't know how many groups there were was there six seven maybe and our group did we like we definitely could have made 10 I think we had two wow. at, like three at the end and we had to narrow it down to one wow. but I think like as you were saying I think it'd be amazing to have something where like more young people could be represented mm-hmm. um, especially if it's only one day because for the process to even for me to even go to the National Youth Assembly I had to be nominated and I was nominated by Corla Nogue so I know people who went through um like Fridays for Future or the ISSU very few people that I knew got got a place to to come on um and you know be part of the assembly so like of course I went and asked other young people who I knew would have had things to say like what what solutions would you bring and what are your ideas what is your experience so I can try and bring that in but um and similarly afterwards I tried to kind of like break down what happened throughout the day since so many people just were not in the room mm-hmm. um but yeah, I think a uh, youth assembly with more young people would be amazing because I think they're brilliant ideas, like a town hall idea. Um, but I think it just seemed a little bit closed off. To yeah, be that is unfortunate because you know the national youth assembly mm. should surely be have, have more youth assembled. You know, you want like thirty kind of adults <laughs> yeah. in the room to like facilitate a couple of hundred young people. You know, so that's um exactly. yeah strange very small national uh, youth yeah. assembly but it's great I mean very that small. you were there and that you took that approach and you approached people beforehand for their concerns that's that's really cool so kind of moving towards how you manage I guess your mental health I know you talk a lot about like self-care in your podcast but now more than ever it's a very overwhelming time in the news and in the world so like what do you do or what tips would you have for people to kind of be so active but not let it bring you down or get or get burnout I think one of the biggest things for me is that I'm really close with my family so like in the evenings no matter like I normally have like 10 billion things more that you could be doing at the end of every day when it comes to activism there's always more to be doing um but at the end of the every day we'll you know 
watch a bit of tv or maybe it's just having dinner together um and I think that just kind of takes you out of it and makes you go okay I can do this tomorrow and I think that is really important um especially when you're like right in kind of the center of activism as in you're you constantly want to be doing more so I think taking breaks to be with friends like in school so I think family and friends just just make me feel much better and like myself so I, I'm and I'm really lucky that's not everyone's situation but also the community of people you find within activism like they're everyone's kind of going through a similar thing with activism um and feeling busy and I think it's understanding that you don't have to do it all yourself that there is a community there and that to be honest there's some there's just some of the most amazing people I've met and that they're there to support you and I think the community between family, friends and within activism, I think people, again, are just so important for how I take care of my mental health. And in terms of, um, as you were st- you touched on there, there's an awful lot going on in the news at the moment. And I think in terms of protecting your mental health while also being engaged and trying to act, I talked about this on the podcast last week that because I remember myself that day, there was so much going on in the news. And I think it's really important to when you're watching the news or, you know, you're reading an article or you're doing activism or whatever it is to be very intentional in the time that you spend doing that. Like do it completely in that moment, you know, be very active, I suppose, in listening again, in kind of reading, in finding different perspectives and things, especially, you know, the situation in Ukraine. But that could be like 10 minutes that could be 15 minutes that could be 20 minutes and then take a break there's a huge thing now with access to social media and technology all the time is that people can doom scroll and just continuously be scrolling through the news especially at the moment in the name of staying updated but I don't think our brains are ready for that um, and I don't think it's prioritizing our mental health so I would say be intentional in the time that you are learning and the time that you are staying updated and then do take your breaks as well definitely and again if you're not ready for the news I don't think it's obligatory for anyone to check it you know do what you can when you can and I like because sometimes you do feel that way sometimes you're like you know, we're in very compassionate communities a lot of the time and you feel like you just always need to be sharing and talking about this thing. And if, you know, I've been like, oh God, what if I put up a happy Instagram post? I feel really like insensitive, but like there's pain and suffering going on in the world all the time that like it would be absolutely probably not beneficial at all if we all were just posting news updates and sad things like we like at the same time, I think we also have to protect what's worth kind of like fighting for and like you know there's times for everything yeah I don't know it's so so complicated um (laughs) but no thank you for those tips and I want before we move on to random questions I love asking activists in particular (laughs) what their favorite protest memory was because I I don't know if they'll randomly ask that question so I just want to make sure it's asked so have you got a particular protest memory that stands out for you yeah, so for me, um, a lot of like the activism I s- kind of started with, like the Future Generations project, that all started in COVID. So we were like on Zoom. We like the podcast. We've met so many times now. But we all met on Zoom. So it really stood out to me when I went to Glasgow for COP twenty six, um, and just the scale of 
the Fridays for Future strike the the first Friday there was like a hundred thousand people 125,000 people the next day I think just the scale of people um was amazing because there was just such a hopefulness with lots of people coming together to actually create change they wanted to see and something that really stood out to me as well was it included so many different pi- types of people of all ages on the street um from all different back- backgrounds just all their kind of you know roaring for climate justice and it was kind of felt like we were practicing climate justice in the moment in a way it felt like we were seeing a pocket of like the future that we're trying to imagine that we're trying to fight for um with climate justice in it so it was just so empowering to see everyone around me um and just the energy and I think it it's something I've been able to bring home and has kind of kept me motivated in my activism since then that's so cool I remember seeing like because obviously there was a lot of issues with COP um from accessibility to why are there oil (laughs) people here um and that I saw a lovely quote somewhere of someone saying that the real COP happened on the streets outside like that's where the energy for change was felt from activists not necessarily scientists or professional whatever like just people who care getting together which is I just love that so much I can't that's so cool that you were there absolutely um okay so I think is there anything you would like (laughs) to share anything else you would like to say before we finish off with some random questions I would just say like if you're not involved in activism that you don't have to be perfect because I think that scares people off um that this idea that like we all know everything and we've we're all like very moral and we know all about social justice issues and we don't none of us do and I think like that's kind of what podcasts like the book of leaves and the sustainable sleepover club are trying to do is just kind of break down this kind of idea of the perfect activist so I think anyone can be an activist and the main thing is that you care enough to act um and as long as you're willing to learn along the way then that's the most important thing yeah that is so lovely what a lovely message to prequel some absolute bizarreness so (laughs) do you want to pick your first (laughs) letter for random questions okay um s s for sycamore what's your favorite documentary or one of that can be hard okay favorite documentary i thought that the documentary 13th which is about the 13th amendment is so good so So good and at the moment i'm reading abolition feminism um and it's a book written in coalition and one of the writers is angela davis um it's just kind of all about kind of incarceration and this book is so interesting. I know we're talking about the documentary, but it's so interesting because she's talking about how, you know, with sexual violence, often the kind of solution or the cry for action is incarceration and to put people in prison. And she was kind of talking about how prevention is always going to be so much more um, effective and that, you know, we can have better systems of healing and things like that so I think it's just a really interesting thing to learn about but yeah that documentary really opened my eyes to just general racism and just how racism is systemic as well and so yeah 
that's really good. Wow. <laughs> it is really, really good. I actually have to watch it again because my brain is terrible at retaining information. But I, I watched it when it first came out like years ago and was like, that blows my mind. And now, can I remember much yeah. from it? Not at all. But I will I have to go back and watch it again. And it's really good. It's it's Dang. so, it's heartbreaking. But I think it's so important to know these things. Yeah. Um, and that book, I'll have to add it to my list. So do you want to go for another letter? Do. Okay. Um, B. B for beech tree. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Superpower. Oh, this is actually our fun question on the sleep the last podcast oh, no that way. we haven't cool. put out yet, which is so funny. But um, yeah, mine has always been since I was like in primary school. Anytime anyone ever asked was to fly, um, and not like in the airplane sense, but to fly like a bird. I just thought it looked like the most freeing thing, um, mm-hmm. and just to yeah, just fly. Just in nature, I just thought it looked like the most fun, amazing thing. Yeah. And it's like carbon neutral transport as yeah, well. Sure. Exactly. Like, Great yeah. transport. <laughs> no, I love that. And anytime if I ever find myself lucid dreaming, I'm like, oh my God, I'm dreaming. Okay, flying. And I'll just start, I'll just start flying in my dreams <laughs> if I ever like wake up in my dream until I eventually wake up and realize I can't fly and I get very sad. But yes, that oh, is, I think that would also be sad. my own. <laughs> um, and we'll go for one more letter. Okay, um... P. P for plum. Oh, interesting. Which three fictitious characters are on your apocalypse team? Oh, okay. Probably Hermione Granger, because I think it's yes. proven useful in all of the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Oh, I'm thinking Katniss Everdeen. Could yeah. Andy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I might just thinking of someone like fun just to have along um, <laughs> so because you have the magic and you've got the the bronze you've got like the the fighter yeah. and then yeah <laughs> someone entertaining yeah so someone someone a bit of fun I think maybe like one of the characters from like book smart or something just complete comedy yeah some love it yeah that'd be it someone someone to just give you the joke the yeah well whatever. if you're in apocalypse it could get kind of dark yeah so <laughs> Bit of fun. (laughs) You need someone there to crack a few jokes. That's brilliant. Amy, thank you so much. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so um, on Instagram, I'm B underscore Amy O. um, So A-M-Y, which is a weird one, so I'll say it again. B underscore Amy O. And then I have a link tree as well. So link tree B underscore Amy O, um, which is in the bio of my Instagram and you can find like Twitter, email if you need to reach out to me um, and links to like any projects or anything like that as well. So everything's kind of there. Amazing. I will link that in the show notes as well and as well I will also link the Sustainable Sleepover Club for anyone who would like to add another beautiful podcast to their <laughs> listening. Um, but thank you so much for this chat. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Now there you go, that was Amy. Do not forget to tune in to the Sustainable Sleepover podcast. It is one of my favourites. I love it so much. It's a brilliant layout and I do be laughing along with them and I just I feel like I'm there having a sleepover as a teenager again it's great so definitely check that out I've linked Amy's socials and of course the podcast and that um I've linked her link tree so you can find anything that she's involved with and don't forget to take a leaf out of her book and listen more and there's loads of other suggestions there and thank you so much for listening don't forget to share this with a friend and hopefully I will see some of you this Wednesday the 18th of May in the Bell Table Art Centre in Limerick at 8 30 p.m where I'll be interviewing my Con McGann, just in case you forgot.
and Susha Exton. And if you know anyone in that area, please do send this event on to them. And if you have any questions, even if you can't make it that you think I should put to them, let me know or quirky questions, interesting questions. And I might even use some of my random questions just because I like them. I like knowing people's apocalypse team. You know, I think this is very useful information to get to know people. Um, So absolutely, if you have any questions you think I should be asking them, please do message me or email me bookofthesepodcast at gmail.com. Okay, I'll stop talking. Thank you so much for listening and mind yourselves. And I'll talk to you soon, guys. Bye.